just what they say when it started. What up, world? Welcome to another episode of RMT. That's Real Man Talk. It's your boy, Standing Man, coming to you with another great conversation piece today. And look, I'm about to blow y'all socks off, man, because I got gospel artist Jimmy Moore here today with us. You know what I'm saying? What's up? Yeah. What's up? Yeah, so look, hey, before we even get started, get into it, go check out his new single, Shoulder to Cry On, you Thank know, you. and while you're there on iTunes or wherever your streaming service, you're checking them out, make sure you listen to my personal favorite, I know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> hey, I need to check that out, man. That's how I first got introduced to him, but Thank hey, I want to welcome y'all, Jimmy Moore, man, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, yeah. So, man, on today, we just going to get into this, man. I'm not going to hold up. We used to give a little shout out. So, I'm going to give a quick little shout out. And I want to shout out, man. I, I just appreciate, you know, the man upstairs for today. But I want to give a special shout out to my beautiful wife. You know, sticking by my side, grinding. And even when it was a little rough dealing with me, she stuck in there. So, appreciate you, baby. I know that's right, man. Before we get into it, man, Jimmy, you got any shout outs, man? Any shout outs? Well, I mean, I I can't top that. So I'm going to have to uh, use this, utilize the same shout outs. Uh, Of course, I want to give all honor, praise and glory to God. And and my wife has really been holding it down lately. Our anniversary is coming up. So I want to definitely give a big shout out to my wife as well. So uh, so yeah, I I can't top that. So I'm going to stick with what you got because I can't top that. How many, how many years y'all got? Uh, 12 years. 12. Ooh, we man, you almost got me, man. I got you by a couple of years, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, let me see. My daughter's turning 16, so it's gonna be 17 years this year. Wow, wow, yes, congratulations! Yeah, 17 congratulations. years, man. Yeah, got married young. Had to hold it down, man. Got them young. Yeah, yeah I, I, bro. Trust me, I, I know exactly how that goes. We, we kind of had the same story. Uh, when we got mm-hmm. married, I was twenty and my wife was nineteen. Yeah, so we were real young too. So I, yeah. I trust me, I know how that goes. And you know, man, I, I, I love that part. We're gonna get into it, but I love that part mm-hmm. by getting married young and y'all yeah. grow together. You develop and y'all turn into different people. Yes, adjustments that you make when yes. you're turning into different people. And be mm-hmm. able to love them through that because it, you don't love just um the things that they do, but you love the person that they are, you know. Right. And so, man, hey, hey, I, I, I will leave that alone. But yeah, we but but we need to get into that because that's a big thing. We can say that for later. Right. That's, right, that's a right. big thing. That's a big so, thing. I want to ask you this, man. I, I mm-hmm. want you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got really started into doing music. What did it, was you in the church or? You know, you came from the streets, or how did you really get started in um, getting yeah. music? Yeah, so for me, um, my dad was a R&B producer um, and songwriter when I was a kid. So it was one of those things where I kind of grew up in a musical family. I didn't grow up in church, actually, which is kind of like a unique part of my testimony right. that I kind of like appreciate. Um, because it kind of, I feel like it gives me a perspective that's kind of unique to me. Uh, and, and it kind of helps with my testimony when I'm testifying to people that didn't grow up in church. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, I grew up in a very musical family. Um, a lot of my family uh, is singers 
And it's kind of one of those generational things where it's like my uncles were singers and then my dad's uncles were singers. So Damn. for me, coming up as a kid, it was one of those things where my dad put me in front of an ASR 10 and it was just like he would produce stuff in front of me and I would hear these songs that him and my uncles would create. And then he actually taught me how to produce when I was like nine. So wow. I just kind of fell in love with it. And it was one of those things where he just left me in front of the keyboard and let me do whatever I wanted. And I started mm. pr producing music from there. And um, it just grew into something that it kind of became like the thing that I could go to when I needed to like, you know, relieve stress, write things that were on my mind. If I just needed yeah. something to do, honestly, I think it kept me out of a lot of trouble. Um, and yeah. it, and I, it just went from there. It grew from there. You know what I'm saying? But it really just started off as a um, kind of like a, a outlet to, it seemed like give your kids something to do. Cause my dad had all of us singing and stuff, but it didn't really start off as like a dream or anything like that. It was just fun. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So now did you, let me ask you this then, did you do it because your dad, that was something that he taught you or it was something that you really enjoyed doing? Honestly, I, I really enjoyed doing it. I, I had mm -hmm. a lot of fun and, um, uh, production wasn't one, one wasn't uh, something that I wanted to do primarily. Like I didn't want to be a producer, but mm -hmm. making my own beats kind of made it easier for me to produce songs. So that kind of just came with the territory. But I, I guess I'm a writer first. That's what I really like enjoy and really like feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. And producing mm -hmm. came from my dad, but it made it easy for me to write. So um, I guess that's that's kind of where it all came from. So I took some elements of what he taught me, but I think I approached it in a different way because my dad was more of a singer and I, I was uh, more of a writer. Okay. Okay. Now, was your dad like the, 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 the doo-wop, you know, like the Temptations? Or was no, no, that was his uncles. So my great uncles, oh, okay. that was them. Definitely. Okay. But okay. my dad okay. and my dad and my uncles was more of like the Drew Hill, Black Street, oh, okay. that kind okay. of thing. So like okay. real R and B. And I'm from Philly, so you know the the whole Philly soul thing. Oh, that yeah. was a big so thing. Boy, some, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, because um, I know because it. To be honest, the really in the nineties that that Philly that Motown. Yes, boys to men. Like mm -hmm. that really set the tone for the 90s R&B. Because, yes. you know, guy kind of started off, but then boys to men, like, took it to another level. Yes. And so, yeah, I, I got I got to shout out Philly for that, man. And yeah. also, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, so big salute oh, you, to you. I didn't know that. I didn't big know that. Big salute to you. Yeah, I'm okay, an Eagles okay. fan, so yes, yes. to you. So, man, okay. okay, you mentioned at first that you didn't grow up in the church, right? Right. So it was more R&B. So how did you get introduced to the Lord? Like, was it, you know, through the music? Was it your wife? Or was it something that happened in your life that, yeah. you, like, you know what? I'm going to take this role and I need to change. Bro, honestly, I have, like, a kind of crazy um, uh, testimony. Uh, okay. I'm actually going to do a YouTube video about this pretty soon because, like, I kind of... Okay. And building up my YouTube channel is something that I kind of want to like transition to because I, I focus a lot more on Instagram right now. But um, mm -hmm. my my testimony is kind of crazy because for me, it was one of those things where 
I didn't grow up in church. Like I said, I probably went to church. It seemed like maybe three times as a kid. And even then, the reason why I was there, I would say, is because my dad was playing the drums at a church that was my grandmother's church. So it was like he was kind of, um, I don't want to say doing a favor, but, you know, pitching in and trying to help out yeah, look out for yeah. his mother's church so mm-hmm. I, we went there a couple of times but it wasn't really something that was consistent now my dad was a praying man so like i i knew about god but it wasn't one of those things where my family uh took religion very seriously because they're not religious people so yes. for me yes. when i was about i want to say 19 um, after I graduated from high school, I went through the craziest like um, transformation stage of my life ever. It was one of those things where after I graduated, I really had to sit back and think about what I wanted to do with my life and sit back and think about the direction um, that I was headed in. Because for me, I had been making music and doing different types of entertainment since I was a kid. And to be honest with you, I thought that I was going to already have had a record deal by the time I graduated because I had been doing it since I was like nine. So for me, when I graduated and I wasn't like a big megastar, it was kind of just like, okay, well, I'm going to have to do something with my life. So like, what am I doing? So I, I went to college for a trimester, like literally. I went to, to, to school for a very short period of time. Right. And me, I'm the kind of person where uh, when I make up my mind about something, I really don't, it's no changing it. So mm-hmm. I decided while I was there that what I was in school for was not something that I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing because right. I had the opportunity to see um, almost like a co-op opportunity. I could see the career that I would be in. And I just, I just realized like, yo, this is not what I want to do with my life. So I went back home. Actually, I went back to Philly because I was living in Delaware at the time. I went back to Philly and I, I just fell into depression. And it's something that I've actually never shared before. Probably only my wife knows that, but, um, I fell into depression because it was one of those things where it was like, okay, uh, music didn't work out for me in the way that I thought it was going to. Yeah. Uh, school didn't work out for me because it was something that I didn't want to do. My dad was extremely upset because he wanted me to stay in school. So mm. I didn't have the support from my dad. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of one of those things where it was just like, where even am I in life right now? Mm. And it got it got really dark for me. Honestly, it was the darkest period. Um, one of the darkest periods in my life. And um I remember having a conversation uh, with my brother-in-law and he, he probably would laugh if he uh, knew that this was a big part of my testimony. He probably knew, but um, we were talking about like my grandmother and my grandmother's generation. And he mm-hmm. had said something like, yeah, man, I, I just honestly think, and he said this real nonchalant. Right. Like, yeah, man, I just honestly think that like everybody from like gra- your grandmom's generation down is like all going to hell, like all of them. Wow. Wow. And when he said that, I'm like, <laughs> right? He just knows, like, like, yeah. We got, oh, we got what you mean, there. though? Like, ho- right. what are we talking about right now? <laughs> so after he said that, I went home and I really thought about it. Like for real, I really yeah. t- sat there and thought about it, and I thought I thought about it for a long time because I I think I be in my head too much, and and sometimes mm-hmm. it's to my benefit, sometimes it's not. 
But I really thought about what he said. And I looked at like my ways and my actions and the things that I was involved in and the things that I had done. And I'm like, yo, he right. <laughs> like if, if we keep yeah. living like this, like we, like we don't stand a chance. Cause like we completely living in sin um, in blindness and we just don't care. And yeah. that really like, I don't know, it, it struck me. So long story short, um, one day, and, and this is actually something I've never really uh, shared publicly either. One day I'm sitting in, um, in a room in my mother's apartment. And mind you, like I said, I'm like 19. Right. And I don't know if this makes sense or not. I, I've actually never shared it because it's, I feel like people wouldn't believe me. But it was like I could hear God speaking to me, like audibly. Yeah. But it wasn't like it wasn't like I'm speaking to you right now where you it's yeah. like this. But it was like I could clearly hear his voice. Yeah. And it terrified me. Like, seriously, mm -hmm. like it scared. It scared me like more than anything else in my life. And he basically was like calling me. And so like I'm like. Like, you know how in the Bible, when God calls somebody, they say, like, here am yeah. I. It was yeah. like that. And so he kind of like made me like like he opened his hands to me and was just like i want you to change your life these are some things that i want you to do and once you do this then come back and talk to me right. and then it like went quiet and i didn't hear any yeah. it was so terrifying bro when i say it was terrifying i mean like not in like a bad way but like in a in a very big way it was terrifying yeah it was like bro i just heard the voice of god so yeah. <laughs> but bro when i tell you it was like a really like crazy story like that's not people's typical conversion story yeah. but that's yeah. just how mine was and it was like mm -hmm. i heard the voice of god i really did and yeah. it scared me so much that mm -hmm. it, it it got me in my head and from that point on God just started shedding all of these things that, that I had that I just thought were my nature or that I just thought were my habits and it was just my personality. And God just changed me more and more every day, uh, month over month, year over year. And I just became a completely different person. Now, I know that was a really long-winded story and I'm sorry, but that's how it went. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's good. And I think I think people need to hear that because the experience of like when you said that audible of him speaking to you. Right. Everybody experienced some different. And I think the way that he reaches us, he have to use the way that it get our attention. Right. right. So different things happen to get your attention. Like mm -hmm. with me, I heard God's voice, but I was like, I'm still going to do me. Mm. I still like to drink. I still like to smoke. I still like to party. And I'm going to mm -hmm. continue to do me. Even in continuing to do me, I remember I um I got off on the X and one night I had left the club. I dropped off my I dropped off my brother and I was heading back home. So I got off my exit and the light that I should have turned at, I missed my light. And so mm. I missed my light and I went to sleep. Mm. I went all the way down the hill and I hit a telegram pole. But if you go down the hill, if you look. If I would have missed the telegram pole, I would have went over a cliff. So when I oh my goodness, pole, it woke me up. A telegram pole woke me up, and I pulled to the back on the road, and I got down the hill. And so at the time, me and my wife was just dating. Mm -hmm. I called my wife, 
and um well she was my girlfriend at the time so i called her i told her i had an accident and i was like i um i should call the insurance people and tell somebody that i stole they stole my car <laughs> they stole my car and then you know we can get she was like no nah, don't do that don't do that mm-hmm. and so in that situation when she um she came and she checked on me and everything and that's one of the reasons that i cared about her so much was that different situations that i I went through she was still there for me right so even after that accident i still drank i didn't smoke no more but i still drank Mm. i still went out and party i still did those things but what happened was that we were staying in a rental house and at the time we were staying in a rental house and I mean the the neighborhood was 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 fairly decent it was okay but a lot of people wouldn't stay there but i was comfortable staying there right and so what happened was that the guy ended up having to sell the house so we ended up having to win it was a transition for me mm-hmm. like it was like i came to a crossroads in my life mm-hmm. and like when i move out of here am i gonna go back to what i was doing Mm-hmm. Am I gonna go back to drinking? I'm gonna go back to smoking. I'm gonna go back to partying and doing all that. Mm-hmm. And I had, I can remember, I had a fifth a gin, and I had a fifth of vodka. Mm-hmm. And I called my wife and I called my two daughters back in the backyard of my in-laws' house. I opened the garbage can up. I took the two bottles and I said, um, "From this day forth, in front of God, mm-hmm. I, I never take another drink." Mm-hmm. And I pulled both of them bottles out in front of them. And since that day, I haven't drunk, I haven't smoked, I haven't been to a club or anything since that day. Praise God. You no, know, since that day, I haven't. And mm-hmm. one thing that well, I'm, I'm going to tell you the main reason I'm to lose who I thought I was I, when I drank, when I smoked. Mm-hmm. I ain't want to lose that person. Right. Thought, hey, man, I'm a better person when I drink. I'm a better person when I smoke. Mm-hmm. When I'm loud, obnoxious, and making bad decisions, I'm better then. Right. But he took my life from that point. It elevated me from leaving all those things alone. Mm-hmm. Even the friends that fell off, it's fine because mm-hmm. I got a relationship with him now. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? So to balance out, all them fair weather friends or you know some of them were still good friends it's just i couldn't be around them because i i, I couldn't adjust to drinking mm-hmm. that was my weakness so i couldn't just go back around them and party and this and that because i fall right back into it yeah so he used what he did was that he pulled me away and he groomed me to be able to pull other people to him mm-hmm. and and not not and okay i gotta go around them and i gotta say a scripture i gotta do this no he groomed me and able to reach the people that i need to reach right I'm not reach everybody right but who i need to reach he groomed me for this so i can go around environments that guys are drinking and i can still socialize mm-hmm. you know if we having a barbecue and guys drinking i can socialize but it's a light that he used to shine through me that you know what happened man they'll pull me to the side man what happened mm-hmm. what you mean man you get sick <laughs> no mm-hmm. i'm not sick man did you have a wreck no you get pulled over no he's like why you quit drinking <laughs> <laughs> right like you you wouldn't understand you wouldn't understand 
And then mm-hmm. that's the time for me to open up and being able to witness to them. Right. Right. And work them through the same thing because it was awkward losing my friends. I was like, right. I don't know who I am no more. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm lost them and who, who am I now? Right. But it turned me into a better person. And so, man, let me let me get out my <laughs> no, no, no. I, I appreciate you know? we have a very similar uh story. I, like mm-hmm. the more you tell me your story, the more I realize how similar our stories are. Because right. I went through a lot of the same things. And even for me, it was one of those things where I don't think that I was ready to give up some of my closest friends because yeah. I didn't I didn't really know that for one, I didn't know that it would be that way. I didn't know that this yeah. walk would come with losing your friends. And yeah. it kind of seems obvious to me now, like after yeah. reading the scriptures and like really understanding yeah. like how yeah. this whole faith works. Like, yeah, it's obvious to me now, but like as a new believer, like that didn't really make sense to me. Um, So I, I don't think I was prepared for that, but it's one of those things where um you kind of, except the fact that um if during the beginning of your sanctification process if you don't realize that you're gonna have to kind of give up some of your friends in order to like really like fulfill the walk that god has called you to like if you're not willing to do that then like the 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 scriptures would say that you're not worthy of them and like that's just what this is just part of what it comes with some people you just gonna have to give up and uh that's that's okay once you understand it but in the beginning it's extremely difficult it's extremely difficult because you you don't really know what you did wrong when you lose friends at the beginning of your walk because it to you it feels personal it's like what did i do to push you away but it's not it's not actually the case some of the times some of the times um when when god calls you to a completely different life and he calls you to be a completely different person and he changes your heart Sometimes the people that were around you are not ready to change like you changed. And so being around you would make them uncomfortable because you almost are like a reflection. So it's like if I look at you and I stay around you and see how much you've changed, then I'm going to have to either face the fact that I need to change myself or accept the fact that we can all see that you've changed and you've gotten better and I'm staying the same. And I think people don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that and see, I I, kind of want to. I'm glad you said that because I kind of want to segue into this, and that even goes into like the the relationships. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that that happens is like within you changing. That my wife loved me, but she met a whole nother person. Oh my goodness! You you know what I'm saying? She met met a whole nother person. Oh my goodness, yes. Another person now that I'm transitioning over and I got a little battle going on inside. So she's like, okay, which one is he? Like, (laughs) you uh, is is he living for God now? Or is he gonna drink? Like, what going what's going on? Bro, I have had to apologize (laughs) to my wife so many times because I'm like, yo, I realize that I'm putting you through a lot by how much I'm changing because yep. I'm not even the same person that you met. And like, I'm sorry. And like, if you can't deal with this and I'm doing too much, like I understand, but like, I appreciate you sticking this out with me because this can't be easy. You know what I mean? This can't. And that's what, that's something that I want to touch on too, 
like a lot yeah. of people okay. don't realize that the sanctification process is a process so yeah. it takes time so when you become a new believer you're not fully transformed into a completely different person as far as your behavior and your habits overnight it takes time now god gives you a new heart so the things that were once pleasing to you and the things that were once acceptable to you before are not going to be acceptable to you now because now you're operating in the holy spirit so them things are going to be disgusting to you that used to please you yes that part is true but at the same time the the sanctification process it, it's something that you have to walk out. And I think that's something that I didn't understand. And it kind of seems like a lot of people don't understand that, but it actually does take times. And sometimes, unfortunately, it can even take years because the person that I was when at 20, when we got married, I was a completely different person at 23. The person I was at 23 was completely different than the person that I was at 26. The person yeah. that I was at 26 is completely different than who I am now. And I think that that's a part of the game when you when you understand it and you look at everybody's life and everybody's testimony. I think it's actually really common. We just don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think that's a huge part. And and what you're talking about, that process is that like one thing that we don't understand is like even when you washing clothes, mm -hmm. you washing clothes, first the clothes are dirty, right? Mm -hmm. But when you put, if you just put dirty clothes into the washing machine, don't add water, don't add any detergent, mm -hmm. it's still going to be dirty. Right. So you might have to add some water. You had add the detergent, but still if the machine don't turn on, the clothes still going to be dirty. They're just going to mm -hmm. sit there. Exactly. You have to go through a cycle. They mm -hmm. got to go through the wash cycle, go through the spin cycle, you know, and then after those clothes go through the spin cycle, they still damp. You still mm. not done. You preach you know? <laughs> But if you, if you leave them, look, if you leave them in a washing machine, it's, it's going to create a smell. It's going to be dirty all over again. You mm. got to put them in the dryer. Mm. Yeah, so you got to take the clothes out the washer, put them mm -hmm. in the dryer, and, you know, throw a little fabric sheets in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Give them a right. smell good. You throw the fabric sheets. And right. then you got to set the dryer and it got to go through the process of drying the clothes. Mm -hmm. But but you know what's so crazy? You still not done then because you got to take the clothes out, fold mm -hmm. them, and mm -hmm. put them in their proper place. Mm -hmm. and, and that's mm -hmm. what God do to us. That's that a he, sermon. You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> that's, right. That's what he do to us. Right. And that's the process that sometimes is misleading because what I had, what I had to learn to do was that I was too eager when I first got saved that I Ooh. want to I want to help everybody and I want to pray for everybody just on fire mm -hmm. and I was too zealous on something that I had to use wisdom on. Mm -hmm. So when I started to calm down and use wisdom, then I could be guided in who I need to touch mm -hmm. instead Bro, of me I'm rushing. You. you see what I'm saying? I can be guided. And so that's you need to talk to. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's the person you need to say a scripture to. Oh, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Don't just have a conversation with that person. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you're living, because they're going to, your coworkers can be around you. You and my coworkers, man, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I know you're not like that. I ain't never heard you cuss. I ain't never heard you this and that. Mm -hmm. It ain't something I said. Oh, man, I don't cuss. I don't do this. I don't do that. Right. And when you right. first turn your life over, you want to let people know, hey, 
I mean, God, man. Right, bro. I did that. I'm telling you. I did that. You need to put that drink down. You need to put us. <laughs> you running around snatching drinks out of people's hands. Cut that out and give your life to God. Right, right you there. need to stop sinning. Right. You need to stop sinning. Like you wasn't just sinning a week ago, right? Oh, and you right. need to stop sinning. Like, bro, trust me. I did it. I did yeah. that too. Pushing, pushing people away, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I um I want to ask you this too. Cause um what what made you like within okay, you went from doing R and B, right? Mm-hmm. You went you went from rapping and like how was that transition with the music? Like how you know, did it take you a while to get back to doing the music, you know? How, yeah. how was that transition when you started back to doing music? Okay, so that was actually one of the hardest things that I dealt with. Um, as far as music, um, my dad taught us, me uh, me and my siblings, how to sing mm-hmm. when we were kids. But uh, like I said, uh, growing up in Philly, it was one of those things where I, I, I kind of felt like I couldn't really be a singer because I'm like, singers are looked at as soft. And in the environment that I grew up in, if you if you were looked at as soft, then that would make you a target. So like my insecurity made me turn that around and say, OK, well, I need to be a rapper. So that's actually what made me start rapping is that I didn't want to be looked at as soft. So once I got through like middle school and high school, that was just kind of solidified as in my mind, a part of who I was, unfortunately. Right. Because that's a bad part about uh, being a musician is that a lot of times as an artist, we think that what we do is really who we are. And that can really negatively affect you. And it negatively affect me, uh, affected me um, a lot. So um, after I became a believer, the process of going from, uh, I guess you could say, secular music to gospel music was extremely hard, extremely hard, because what ended up happening was God convicted me. He convicted me and showed me like, I gave you a gift, so you have to use it. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to do music at all anymore. After yeah. high school, it was just like, all right, well now I'm just leaving that alone. I'm just done with that. I did all of this bad stuff. I made all of this bad music. I negatively influenced people. I just want to leave it alone. But God convicted me and basically told me, I gave you a gift. You have to use it. You can't just not use it. So mm-hmm. now, instead of just throwing it all away, you you feel like uh, you, you had an influence on all of these people. Well, just turn it around now and have a godly influence on all of these yeah. people. Yeah. Bro, I did not want to do that. I did yeah. not want to do that. Because yeah. in my mind, all I could hear was people calling me Kurt Franklin and like calling me a square. I'm like, dog, y'all not doing this to me. No, no, I'm not going out like that. I, not much love to Kurt Franklin. I like him. But what I'm saying is the in the environment that I grew up in, they would have clowned me if I came out there with the, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was extremely hard. But through um, a, a long process of dealing with the conviction, I basically just accepted, okay, okay, God, I'm going to have to do it. I just, I just need you to like, make me comfortable with it. Show me what to do and how to do it. If if I can get comfortable with it, I'll do it. If you ask me to do something, I'm going to do it, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know what to do. So that's 
it, it was kind of one of them things where it was just like, I didn't want to be the unfruitful servant. And that's what made me ultimately transition into gospel music. I just, I just didn't want to have this gift that God gave me and not use it for his glory. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Well, man, listen, man, I, I'm going to be a little selfish right now, man. <laughs> oh, look, how did you come up with the concept, man, on my favorite song, man? I know this is going to be okay. Like That's funny. It, it's such a, a well-written song, and, Thank and you. it was uh, from um, "Diary of a Broken Christian," right? That's yes. the name of the album. And so, yeah. it was such a well-written song. It was like I want to know exactly what she was going through at that time because it was something that was on you heavy. Yes. In order for you to put that pen in that paper at that yeah. time, so I'm gonna just be selfish and I want mm -hmm. that story, the backstory behind that song, right there. Okay. So, um, the. I know this is going to sound weird, but the inspiration um, kind of behind that song was the fact that we were going through so much as a society and as a world. And mm -hmm. I recognize, I, un unfortunately or fortunately, I've discovered mm -hmm. that I'm an empath. So I'm kind of like one of those people that I can feel people's emotions. And like mm -hmm. it, it bothers me when other people are sad or people are down. I don't know why, but I can yeah. just feel it. So. Yeah. I, I kind of could sense that like, yo, everybody is down. Like we going through a lot right now. And it's just one of them things where it's like, I want to give hope and I want to give inspiration. But, at, but the thing is um, I'm actually like kind of trying to minister to myself at the same time, because it's like, yeah. I'm going through this too. Yeah, so, like a lot yeah, of people yeah. are going yeah. through something. I'm uh, going through this too. So right. let me kind of like be encouraging and hopefully God will give me something that encourages me and I can share it with the world. That's kind of mm -hmm. uh, where, where that really came from. So it was just like, at this moment of time, is there anything that I can write that that would be uplifting and encouraging in such a difficult time and that was really the beginning of where that song and kind of ultimately that album came from that man that was good because i i think was that around COVID when COVID hit? yes it was yeah. it was like i want to say it was like the beginning, beginning. And, and that was like yeah. what really like like sparked it yeah because that's that's when i got up on you COVID, like sitting around and you know mm -hmm. you just want to listen to some new music and mm -hmm. i was like I'm not, and I'm be honest with it. I'm not fully healed from listening to R and B and and eight ball and MJG. They kind of got a hold on me. I'm being honest, man. I'm being honest and I'm being transparent. And I've been praying about that, but you no, know, I feel you. I feel you. Here and now, hey man, I listen to it, you know. And so I'm being being honest. And so, I, and I want to ask you this, man. Yeah. You know, at the end, um, when when your babies were singing. Like yeah. how hard was to get them to get that course? How many takes was that, bro? Bro, I'm telling you something about that. It was right. like divine intervention. Like I, I really mm -hmm. feel like God had His hand on that whole thing because right. it 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 came together perfectly with one take. Wow. Like I I don't know what it is. I, I practiced with my kids maybe three or four times, just teaching mm -hmm. them the words to the chorus. That's all I did. I'm right. like, all right, let me teach y'all the words. I know he's gonna make a way, yeah, and I just taught yeah. them the words. They started singing it. I'm like, y'all sound good. Like y'all yeah. are killing yeah. it. I'm yeah. like, I gotta get y'all in. I gotta get y'all in the booth. Like y'all sound mm -hmm. so good. I got them in there. We 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 ran through it. We recorded it. It sounded perfect. And right at the end, my daughter was like, "Mommy, I don't want to do it no more." <laughs> she was like, "Mommy," 
And I'm like, I'm keeping it all in. Yeah, and then my it. son says, I don't want to, I don't want to do yeah, it anymore. Like, it no yeah, yeah, that was not my favorite one. <laughs> and my daughter is like, yo, why does the microphone say blue? And I'm like, all right, listen, this is not the time to argue, y'all. We are yeah. recording right now. Yeah. But it just sounded, it sounded so like genuine. And I felt like yeah. it had like a feeling to it that i was like i gotta keep all of this in the song i have to because it it felt so like joyful and uplifting to listen to because they're so innocent and i'm like this is perfect this is perfect so i literally kept it all in there and that's actually people's favorite part of the song it's it's funny because sometimes people don't even listen to like your whole song like to the Mm -hmm. end and a lot of times people would comment and say yo my favorite part of the song is the very end where the kids are talking the kids man it's look out when i i listened to it man and uh, i was i was at work i had my ipod my airpods in Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to it, man. And I'm just playing it back and I'm playing it over and over and over again. I appreciate it. Like for to have your children to come in there, the, mm-hmm. the song was so I'm, I'm gonna tell you how the song is so catchy that when the children able to even even like TV shows, you got blues clues, you know, the jingles and stuff, mm-hmm. it was so catchy that they was able to catch on to it, right? And it was just organic when they went in there. Right. It was right. nothing forceful. They had to read it or nothing like that. Right. And, right. and also, man, I want to, you know, uh, I want to congratulate you on your on your grant, you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So thank is you. it a movie or is this a series? No, it's a series. So that that was kind of one of those things where it gave me an opportunity to do something creative with my kids again. Um, because like, I, I love doing like different types of creative stuff. A lot of people don't know that I'm into cinematography. I've actually been into it for like a lot of years. Cause it's not right. something that I really post about, but, right. um, the, like winning the grant was basically that it was like, okay, how could I do something where I could include my kids? And it would be like, I'm doing something productive, but I'm spending time with them at the same time. So that's, that's what that was about. Yeah, and that yeah. actually gives me an opportunity to keep making music like that because it's for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I was like, when, when I saw, I saw the clip on Instagram, you know, you had took the little screenshot of it. I was just thinking about that song, like an right, intro right. to it. I was, <laughs> I was like, man, that'd right. be so dope to have that in there. But yeah, man, so congratulations on that. And man, Thank I'm you. not going to hold you. I appreciate you coming on the show. And so, man, if people want to holler at you after this, man, give them your, mm-hmm. give them your social, man. Yeah, um, I'm on um, uh, Instagram and TikTok at, at underscore Jimmy Moore. And my YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com slash Jimmy Moore. That's kind of where I do uh, like most of my long form content. And that's kind of where I'm going to start focusing on uh, in the future. So hit me up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Y'all already know how to hit us up, man. We on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Real Man Talk Podcast. You know, like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you go check out that single shoulder to cry on. Right now, man. We want to run that thing up. And listen, if y'all got time, go check out. Uh, go be okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. So, man, I appreciate you for coming on the show again. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll see y'all next week. All right, peace.